2: Welcome back to another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. So thankful for all of you to find this program as you do through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most notably our new home on Amazon Music, where you can also find us and all of our episodes. Going back to 26, what 2017 now? Been, it feels like it's been a, really just a, a wonderful ride. And so many episodes we've gone through as we're moving ourselves into the new year coming up 2021. My next guest works for an insurance brokerage dedicated to supporting the cannabis industry. His company's unique expertise in cannabis allows them to provide customized access to preferred insurance markets. I'm here with the Managing Director of Alpha Root, Isaac Bach, here on Blunt Business. Isaac, thanks for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me, Brasco. It's a pleasure to be on, and uh, look forward to chatting with you today.
2: Absolutely. So let's go ahead and get into the... Really, in the context of what Alpha Root is, a full-service insurance broker is completely dedicated to strengthening and supporting the cannabis industry. Your team offers a wide range of liability coverages to all types of cannabis businesses, including multi-state operators, cultivation, dispensaries, and ancillary niches. So fill me in on the scope and range of what your team at AlphaRoot are able to do to assist.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So um, for those not familiar with what an insurance brokerage does, we act as the intermediary between our clients. So in this case, you know, cannabis hemp CBD companies and the actual insurance carriers themselves. Um, So what we do is we, you know, take a look at the businesses that we work with, analyze the areas that they have exposures. So, you know, for example, someone who is selling cannabis, um, you know, you have product liability issues. Um, the grow operation, things of that nature, and then we help place them with the proper insurance markets who will provide coverage for them should anything go wrong and they're brought into a lawsuit. Um, in addition to you know the actual placement of the insurance, we also do provide you know some risk assessment services. Um, we're rolling out over the next couple of weeks it will help allow our clients to kind of analyze areas or weak points um, you know that have led to. Insurance-related claims, or just kind of work workplace mishaps in general.
2: And just so you know, as we're recording this program, this should be published for all of those out there right before the start of the the year, or in the first part of 2021. So by that point, those services should be in play just for those out there. Now, when it comes to being an insurance brokerage, I can understand it from the perspective of, you know, when I've had health insurance, you know, I have gone through brokers to help me find better insurance plans, especially when, they're, when we don't have the Affordable Care Act for the most part, which we still have today. The idea is there is a limited amount of plans that are willing to take those that might have pre-existing conditions in the same way here, pre-existing circumstances. For a company that has risk that is expected from the insurance companies, I can imagine there's only so much of a bullpen to go, to go into and ask to to bring on board and have them go ahead and work with a company that you could try to bring and bridge together.
3: Yeah. um, That's actually a pretty, you know, apt analogy, um, the preexisting conditions, because normally when you look at it, um, the cannabis industry, um, company is almost immediately marked higher um, from a premium perspective for similar coverages, um, you know, as to competitors or you know comparable companies in other spaces. So, um, pretty pretty fair point there. Um, you know, in terms of the number of markets, it is very limited right now. That said, on things like general liability, property, products coverage. Um, More and more niche insurance carriers are coming out um, to help provide those services, Um, kind of where the biggest limitation right now is is on the management liability side, so directors and officers insurance, which provides coverage for, um, you know, as the name says, the directors and officers of the company for how it's managed. Um, truthfully, it's a very limited marketplace, particularly when you're looking at U.S.-based companies um, who do who are publicly traded. So, um, really, not a whole lot of options on that front. Um, we're working on some creative solutions currently um, that we hope to be able to announce, um, you know, sometime within the next, you know, six months. So, um, definitely something that's on the horizon that we're working on um, because it is such a limited marketplace right
2: now. Now, with that. Is it also a fact that you probably have had? Is there some controlling? Is there really a lot of maneuvering and positioning to get to influence some of these insurance companies to come on board? Like at this point, do you have certain companies that they're very familiar with cannabis? They're saying, you know, it's like some banks. The banking industry is very much the same way because there's only so many banks or credit unions that are actually trying to help and do financial services in that same vein. But there are some I know the banking industry that they're they're feel comfortable there's the risk yeah. doesn't outweigh the reward or just the benefit of having that business. So I would imagine there are some companies that are much more susceptible to working with companies and you probably bring more business to them than others.
3: Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, that's spot on again. Um, a lot of the underwriters we do partner with um, who we have a large book of business with um, are very comfortable with the canvas space. They've been working in it for a number of years. Um, you know, you like anything else in this industry, you do see you know some insurance carriers that they're towing um, have a few claims and then immediately remove themselves from the industry. Um, but there are those companies that have been in it for the last you know five years or so um, that have been providing the same services over the course of that time, um obviously with minor iterations into coverage, um, just due to um, circumstances of where the world currently is. I know one thing that's been um, going on and with um you know the election and all of the potential unrest that could be happening um uh, business interruption is something that um, a lot of companies in the cannabis industry are having a hard time uh obtaining just because of what happened with the kind of first round of social unrest a lot of dispensaries and other businesses in the cannabis space were hit pretty hard with um you know looting. so it's definitely something that the insurance industry in the cannabis space is quick to react um limiting coverage and not overly quick to mm-hmm. react in providing new outlets to provide services to these companies, although that is getting better.
2: And just for the context for listeners, we are recording this on Election Day. So, you know, bear with us if if our minds are a little bit preoccupied with other things. But I think when it comes to what we could see as possible unrest in major metropolitan cities because of the election, the results that might come as we record today, one thing I think it wouldn't be as severe as what the pandemic has brought to us. So there are many legal uncertainties, unique hazards, and emerging risks involved in legal cannabis-related activities. And because I just look at where things are, that one thing, before I ask my question about this, about risks and liabilities, what kind of a percentage can you give me is the increase that is added based on a normal insurance policy for a standard business how significantly bigger is it for a cannabis related business
3: yeah i mean it really does depend on what that cannabis business is doing right um like if you're a ancillary sas company working in the cannabis industry your premium increase is going to be marginally higher um if you're a consumer goods company uh meaning you actually sell product directly to consumers um you know your premium is going to be probably um you know multiples higher than your competition in um, other areas. That that's said,
2: interesting. Why would it be the ancillary software as a service sector? It's just computer software equipment. I don't understand how that becomes hmm. a higher price tag. It,
3: yeah. It all goes back to your kind of earlier point of the regulatory risk. Um, huh. If There is an issue that is related to, um, you know, cannabis in general because it is federally illegal um, you know, there could be some issues brought in on, you know, even something as simple as cyber insurance, which has almost nothing to do with the actual
2: planning. Oh, gotcha. Okay, because yeah, so. I'm just saying for for an industry that is that's not, you know, federally recognized as legal, uh, the funny thing is, if, you know, when you look at just the, which must be the easiest way to go ahead and explain to some of these insurance companies through them together, is the amount of compliance and amount of accountability that's being done by all these companies and also being governed by state governments on the same vein, but yet they're still going to put a higher premium on them.
3: Yeah. I mean, again, it all goes back to um, how comfortable certain insurance carriers are with being, um, you know, a part of something that is, um, you know, illegal currently. I mean, that's kind of you know, one of the things that the industry as a whole is working on, it's changing the perception of the cannabis industry. So more and more um, ancillary businesses are more comfortable with being involved, which will help kind of, you know, level the playing field overall for uh, the cannabis industry when it comes to pricing, banking, and you know, everything else that has to go through to <laughs> continue to operate.
2: Yeah. So to me, Isaac, you know, what are the challenges that you have when you are trying to get the right insurance plans in play? Uh, whether they've been pandemic related or not, what are some of the issues they've been connecting with you with the most when it comes to, you know, insurance now because they might have taken a hit financially, or in just in terms of uh, if they're holding on to more product, say if it's a cultivator, or they're just looking to go ahead and store more wholesale product, and they have to go and you know guarantee shelf life, as opposed to having that product easy to go ahead and supply and it's quickly pushed out out to market. That's my question, I guess. Is there anything that's, you know, when you've talked to some of these companies, what they've asked about that they're looking for, that might be a little bit, it's uh, much more priority now these days?
3: Yeah, no. um, Again, one of the biggest issues in general for the cannabis space is access to directors and officers and insurance. Because that coverage is very specifically tied to a company's financials. you know that has been impacted pretty significantly um, during COVID um, for areas that you know, might, cannabis might not have been deemed essential. Um, you know, I know some some companies in Massachusetts had to hang on to product for a while, which kind of um, screwed up their financial situation a little bit, which made DNO premiums um, shift slightly. Um, in general, the DNO marketplace, not just in cannabis, but across the insurance industry, has been getting more expensive over the last you know, 12 to 18 months, um, just due to the number of claims. Um, the cannabis industry is not outside of having those types of issues. I know a lot of the larger publicly well-known companies have been hit with claims over the last few years as well. So um, that's kind of been the biggest area that's we've seen financial impact. The business interruption that I mentioned earlier, um, you know, not only from you know, the social unrest, but also just having to close down your operations. Um, that's something that, you know, most insurance carriers actually won't cover is um, communicable communicable diseases. Um, meaning that the fact that they had to close down due to government order was likely not covered under their insurance policies. I know some states have, you know, filed lawsuits against, that, um, not necessarily in the cannabis industry, but in general. So um, those are kind of the biggest areas that our clients have been asking us about. And then it's kind of the standard, um, you know, how do we continue to grow our business across state lines? Um, because a lot of carriers aren't actually comfortable with covering multiple states. Yeah. Um, we do partner with a few that can, you know, write general liability property and products across state lines. So as, a, as companies grow and then hopefully as more um, states today, um, you know, legalize recreational or medical use, um, it'll allow the industry to continue to grow. So that'll be a growing conversation we have with our clients.
2: Now, unfortunately we won't know after Before this recording, we won't know what the outcome is going to be of which of five states, I believe it is now, that are looking to go and become adult use or medical cannabis uh, legal. We are waiting to go and find out the outcome of that as we record today. But probably by this time, we'll have up to, what, say around 39, 30, 39 states that will be having some form of cannabis that's uh, legalized in their state, which is you know, just moving forward to the eventual um, inevitability that the federal level should go ahead and address this, but we'll see about that. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but I want to go and go to a commercial break. When we come back, I want to go and talk about a recent story from Politico about the overall state of insurance in the industry. I want to get your thoughts on that. I'm here with Isaac Bach, the managing director of Alpha Root here on Blunt Business back after a short message.
1: Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business.
2: Doc Rob, the concierge
1: for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
2: I'm back here with Isaac Bach, Managing Director of Alpha Root. And if you want to go look at the website where we are looking at what they're doing, their insurance work for cannabis and ag tech companies, it's alpharoot.co. AlphaRoot.co. So, Isaac, Politico recently reported on the overall state of insurance in the cannabis industry. And by the way, Politico, and shout out. let me just go and mention you guys and put a flash on you. When you want to keep calling it marijuana and not calling it cannabis, we understand what you're doing there, okay? It's cannabis. For the sake of, of of everybody out there in business, you know, for you know, websites like Vox calling marijuana pot or calling cannabis pot, we know what you're doing. Okay? I'm just saying it from my own level. For the sake, you know, for the respect of the business. There's there's a lot of money being made in this business and a lot of respected people in this business. A lot of people that are, you know, for, Fortune 500 that decided to come into this business, bringing their expertise, putting their hat on, getting into, getting their hands dirty, and doing the work to build this industry up, and knowing that this industry was one of the most resilient during the pandemic. So, Politico, step it up, okay? The, I just had to take that point. I'm sorry. These the, some corporate media just really just <laughs> grinds my gears. I'm telling you. So. Here's the story from Politico. Now, many of the nation's largest insurance providers, thank you for being so patient with me, Isaac, will not work with the weed industry. See, again, weed industry, look what they're doing. With the cannabis industry, because cannabis is illegal under federal law. The few liability, property, and crop insurance providers who do offer policies typically charge untenable rates. In addition, cannabis farms – I'm doing this because they keep putting marijuana every time they say this – cannot access federal subsidies for crop insurance that would cut those high costs, making the price prohibitive. And when disaster strikes, businesses in the cannabis industry cannot apply for the same federal disaster funding as their neighbors. Talk to me about the liabilities as I'm trying to unwrap being unsurly here – or Surly, rather – and the kind of help you've been able to offer, Isaac – uh, is there any loophole or workarounds you've been able to find?
3: Yeah, I mean, truthfully, in terms of, you know, workarounds, it's just kind of knowing the marketplaces that will actually, you know, understand and work with the cannabis industry. Um, you know, kind of to the article's point, not a lot of the major carriers, you know, the household names um, are operating in the space because one, they can't if they're publicly carrying in the U.S. They're not really get allowed to work with um, something that's federally illegal. Um, and two, a lot of the other big name companies just don't feel comfortable working with um, cannabis at this point because it is quote unquote, a new industry. Um, you know, one of the things insurance in general is kind of an antiquated business that it is a little bit slower to catch up with the trends of the current world. Um, so cannabis obviously is kind of a sticking point for a lot of carriers. Um, You know, one of the things that we do is we kind of work with our clients in understanding and pointing to them, um, you know, that yes, insurance, unfortunately, right now is an extremely large line item on your balance sheet when it comes to um, paying for it. So it's kind of finding the right time to implement certain coverages. Um, You know, in this article, they kind of talk about that if the crop doesn't burn down, then you're kind of paying yourself out of the hole for insurance. And while that's true... um, you know, if the crop does burn down, then you're kind of out of luck if you haven't bought any coverage for it. Insurance is kind of that investment that you never hope you have to cash in on. Um, So it's kind of changing the mindset around it. Um, Another workaround just for the cost is we've, you know, we've been able to work with companies that can provide premium financing, um, meaning that we can spread the premium out over the course of the year. So um, it's not a six-figure upfront cost. Um, as long as, you know, the premiums, not multiple multiples into the six figures. So, yeah. um, it is one of the, it is one of the things that you kind of have to work with your clients and understand where they're at from a financial standpoint, what matters to them most, um, for a, lar- a lot, of our larger institutional clients, obviously it's just, um, painting the picture of what the worst case scenario could be if they don't have this um because you know they might have to report to their investors on what's happened and why they didn't have the coverage in place um for a lot of our smaller clients who might not have the cash flow available it's just understanding you know the risk you are taking on if you don't buy the coverage um, and to when the right time might be from a financial standpoint um to implement that coverage so um it's kind of a give and take relationship on that front and it's more of a consultative role than really just trying to push an insurance product onto them <clears throat>
2: So I can imagine that and there's no such thing like there would be in health insurance or just in in automobile insurance where there's like, you know, um, personal injury protection or catastrophic protection. There's no such thing as that kind of minimal uh, type of coverage that you can have. I mean, it's it's either you're going to have to go and pay for a significant risk uh, management or you can't get it.
3: I mean, there, there is some room in there. Obviously, you know, the way corporate insurance works is you typically buy in limits. So, meaning for like a general liability policy, which um, provides coverage for third party bodily injury or property damage, meaning your product causes bodily injury or property damage, um, you typically buy in million dollar um, limit ranges. So, you have like one million, two million, three million. So, obviously, you know, you can purchase a lower level of insurance. Um, one of the catch 22s with the cannabis industry and, you know, insurance related items in general is the fact that a lot of contracts actually have insurance requirements in them for things like general liability for property if you're taking out any financing. So it's one of those things where um, if you have that in your contracts, then we work, you know, based off of that as the minimum threshold of insurance you should be buying. And then you build from there, depending on the exposure. Um, So there are ways to work around it in terms of limit structures and pricing that um, you can make it affordable to at least have some level of coverage. Um, kind of the area that does get a little bit tricky is property insurance because there is something called a co-insurance penalty, meaning if you don't insure up to a certain percentage of the actual value of that property, um, there's a penalty on the payout, meaning you won't get a full payout for the loss. So there's, there's a number of, um, you know, kind of nuanced items you have to take into account when you're building these um, insurance programs for
2: cannabis companies. No, I see that. I wanted to make a good point. There was a good point. I wanted to go ahead and just pull out real quick, going back to liabilities. What is the level of coverage you can get? I mean, so basically um, that any kind of damage is covered up to a certain amount. What is that amount that's normally put out there for these kind of plans?
3: Yeah. I mean, the basic general liability policy, um, starts at 1 million per occurrence, meaning for any one occurrence that gives rise to a claim, mm-hmm. there's a million dollars worth of coverage and then $2 million in the aggregate, meaning for the overall course of that policy period, which is typically 12 wow. months. Um, the most the policy would pay <laughs> out is $2 million. So in theory, you could have two $1 million claims or, you know, a couple of $500,000, um, claims and it will be paid out over the course of the year. Um, that said, you typically start building excess liability, so meaning increased limits on top of that, um, depending on the size and scope of the company's operations. Now on the property side, um, you know, for large scale grow operations, um, obviously those property limits can be, you know, those grow operations can be worth tens to hundreds of millions worth of dollars. So you do, you know, try to build out a full program that would cover the full value of the um, property. The one caveat there is the insurance capacity meaning the underwriters and overall availability of limits um, is you know relatively limited for lack of a better word right now so you do have you know a hard time building up to certain levels of insurance and carriers are only willing to offer you know a lot of times up to ten million dollars worth of property coverage and then you kind of have to work to build on top of that so it's really kind of like putting a puzzle together when um, you're structuring out these programs
2: also, because of the year and how this year has gone out for 2020, has there been a lot of fluctuation in the pricing of the premiums? I mean, has it really gone up and down quite a bit? Has it been very uh, loose in that way?
3: Um, I would say other than directors and officers insurance, it hasn't been. Well, directors and officers and employment practices liability. Um, so those two are you know tied to financial status of the company and then kind of hiring and firing practices. So obviously with a lot of layoffs, um, that leads to a lot of lawsuits when it comes to employment practices coverage. So um, those two have been impacted this year premium wise. Um, I would say in general, the other insurance markets haven't been too, too impacted. Um, Again, it does kind of depend on where the operation is located. Um, You know, if it's in an area that's, you know, near where, you know, unfortunately all the forest fires have taken place um then likely those insurance premiums will go up if it's in a fire zone so um it does really depend on where the operation is located what your operations are but overall i would say dno and epl are probably the two that have been most impacted this year by um from a premium standpoint
2: okay i want to ask you too um I've also thought about the situation, and this was, I remember a few, about a year or so back, I remember talking to one guest, and we had talked about a company that, in Canada, in British Columbia, I believe it was, and I can't remember the name of the company uh, of mine, but I remember because of a compliance issue, really just a stupid, you know, setback, they were forced to go ahead and destroy a bunch of uh, product because of some kind of a compliance issue that I believe the Health Canada and some of the governing bodies there in Canada forced the company to go and do that because... There was some kind of a some kind of materials that were in the same grow room. So whatever was in that grow room had to be destroyed. In a situation like that, would that be something that could be claimed for insurance purposes? So
3: it really depends on um, you know what exclusions are on your policy. Um, you know that more or less from a property perspective is likely not going to be covered yeah. um, because you know you are you know forced to destroy that. It's not by Um, unforeseen circumstances, Um, you know, we've tried to look into potential solutions for that. Um, You know, obviously insurance carriers aren't overly thrilled about that. The the bigger area that that comes into play is on the directors and officers side. Um, Some carriers, even though they're writing the insurance coverage for cannabis, You know, clients, they include either, you know, THC specific exclusions or regulatory exclusions, meaning that if a claim were to arise due to an issue with a regulatory um, body, in this case, you know, Health Canada asking you to bring your crop, um, you know, and the directors and officers were brought into a lawsuit by shareholders or just outside investors, um, if there is that regulatory exclusion on the policy, your, and your directors and officers are going to be on the hook. The companies could be on the hook um, for those payouts. So um, that is kind of where the expertise and understanding the coverage that's specifically needed for the cannabis industry comes into play. Um, you do need to realize and talk through every lying item on the quote, um, and explain to your client, you know, what each of those exclusions and endorsements mean, and how it could affect coverage in that exact circumstance. Because we have seen, you know, companies that buy um, programs with those types of exclusions because they are, you know, they are significantly cheaper. But in the circumstance where you want your insurance to react. Um, It's not going to. So it is, again, that consultative notion where you have to explain each of those items to them and hope that they understand where you're coming from and why it's in their best interest to um, purchase something that's actually going to react the way you want it to.
2: Right. Uh, One other other thing before we move on from the policy side, uh, these kind of help that we're getting, uh, hopefully that the insurance companies will have in order to further go ahead and take on more uh, cannabis companies in that respect payouts were there a lot of payouts that you saw from any kind of information you can gather that were made during the pandemic that you know was, was really significant
3: um you know truthfully I wouldn't say anything significant um some small payouts here and there but you know by and large um a lot of the things that have stemmed from the pandemic are likely still going through the claims process right um getting lawyers involved yeah. getting claim adjusters involved so um I would say it's a bit too early still to tell um, obviously, you know, with us recording on election day, we don't know what's really going to happen with this, you know, depending on the U.S. second or third wave that the U S is currently in with, um, yeah. COVID. So we'll, we'll, kind of see what happens. I would say that we'll have a better idea of what the overall impact of, um, the pandemic has had on the insurance market for cannabis companies within the next, you know, six to 12 months, because it does kind of have that long of a tail, um, with, you know, the way the claims process does work.
2: Yeah. We're going to take ourselves to another commercial break. I'm here with Isaac Bach, Managing Director of Alpha Root here on Blunt Business. Back with more questions after a short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business.
0: Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee.
1: I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt
2: Business on CannabisRadio.com. I'm joined by the managing director of Alpha Root, Isaac Bach, here on Blunt Business. Alpharoot.co is the website. Now, we were talking before the break about, we were looking to see where our federal government can come in to intervene and help out in this situation, because we're waiting to see what happens after Election Day, as we record. But obviously, we'll be well past that, and you know, we'll be waiting to go ahead and see Who's going to be coming into you know in Congress in terms of either senators or House uh, representatives? We'll find out what happens there and what that change in Capitol Hill is going to make, so that we can have possible movement forward towards some legal some legislation to help address the issue. Because Congress so far, especially this year, has done little. A group of Oregon lawmakers introduced a bill in September that would make federal disaster funding available to the cannabis industry, but has little chance of passing. In the waiting days of Congress, as we record this, separate legislation would create better access to banking, potentially allowing some small business owners to borrow money to pay for insurance or to cover losses. But it would not give farmers access to federal crop subsidies or encourage user, insurers, excuse me, to cater to the industry. So the thing is, we've talked about the safe banking pretty extensively here on the program. Would that be something that would help the insurance have some peace of mind?
3: Absolutely. You know, we've spoken to a number of our partners who um, are on the legal side. So, you know, safe banking is kind of one of the biggest dominoes that could fall for the cannabis industry with the, you know, increased access to capital. Um, You know, companies are obviously going to be able to grow their business and the cannabis industry in general will grow. This will allow insurance companies to feel more comfortable about their ability to not only pay premiums, but also cover their portion of the risk transfer agreement, which is retention or more commonly known as a deductible when it comes to, you know, kind of those personal lines of insurance. So I definitely think the Safe Banking Act would be a huge win for the cannabis industry um, on the insurance front as well.
2: All right. Now, since May, Cannabis businesses from Oregon to Massachusetts have dealt with both natural and man-made disasters. As protests of racial injustice excuse me, erupted across the country, so did looters. And many targeting cannabis dispensaries in cities, including Portland and Oakland, California. Then you had the wildfires that destroyed farms and spewed ash and sensitive crops from central California to northern Washington state. And many of those small business owners like, uh, were facing both of these crises without insurance. Now, some advocates and industry leaders have called for state governments to create insurance or disaster funds for companies where there are legal cannabis markets, but no state has done so at this point. Others say the only thing that will solve this problem is federal legalization of cannabis. So are there any stories you can tell about the clients of fires, no pun intended, that you've been able to help put out or or that you've been able to connect to try to help themselves out in a real where they were in a disaster situation?
3: Yeah, I mean, fortunately, a lot of our clients have, um, you know, been able to avoid the claims related to the fires thus far. Um, so I don't have necessarily any personal anecdotes, but again, um, you know, this guy goes back to our earlier conversation as it relates to being that consultative role and explain to your clients how important it may be to purchase that crop insurance despite the price tag because they're located in the fire, you um, fire zone so if there's an area that they're operating that there's a chance that there's going to be wildfires you definitely want to have crop and property insurance to protect you um for some of the you know dispensaries that have been located in areas that have been hit by social unrest that is more just generally covered under general property insurance so a little bit easier to explain um definitely a little bit less expensive when it comes to Um, purchasing. So uh, those conversations a little bit easier to have. So I I would say that, you know, those kind of things you definitely need to um, have in mind when you're having conversations with your client and understand where they're located, what their operations are and how it may be impacting um, moving forward without insurance.
2: But for the most part, I mean, just regardless of what we've talked about the ramifications of the state of the industry, For those out there looking to go ahead and look for insurance, go ahead and take a minute to talk to our listeners about the importance of, I mean, can you get away without having insurance and how important is it to have and how important is it to, you know, really study and and research what kind of insurance your company is, whether it is a SAS or if it is a cultivator or MSO?
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that insurance is definitely an important aspect of running your business because it does provide that catastrophic level of coverage if you have it in place and it's properly vetted by your risk management partner. So in this case, a lot of just insurance brokers. So um, definitely I think it's a very important aspect of running your business. But again, um, it is a expense on your uh, balance sheet. So um, you do need to understand that, you know, there might be some areas that you don't necessarily need to purchase right away depending on your operations, right? So to your point, if you're a SaaS company, you don't really have a general liability or product-related exposure. So if you don't have an office with a lease that requires general liability, you might be able to save a couple hundred to a few thousand dollars there. Um, if you're a grow operation and you don't, you haven't sold anything online yet or you don't have, you um, You know, you don't have any sort of online banking and you're not taking funds via wire transfer. Maybe there's a way to get around without cyber. Maybe you only need crop insurance for um, one year, but not the next, depending on your growth cycle. So there are ways where you can kind of structure it, where you can have the insurance you need, but not necessarily pay for the full package of the insurance, if that's something that you're trying to do to cut costs. So... Um, again, it really goes into the, having that full conversation as it relates to what your operations are and what the business owner's biggest concerns are. If they're not overly worried about their crop being, you know, damaged in any way, even though they're a large grow operation, they might decide that it's in their best interest to hold on to that, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. So it is a give and take relationship. You can't really force an insurance product on anyone because again, it's not, you know, in my case, it's not my money that I'm spending. Um, even though, you know, a lot of times you do need to point out that there is value in that expense. Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to relate to your clients, understand what their biggest concerns are and help them feel comfortable when they go to sleep at night, that their business is as well-protected as possible.
2: Agreed. It's, it's one of those things. I don't like it either. Cause it's like, why do I have to pay insurance? I don't use well, like, but, well, no, you have to have peace of mind. There's just no choice about it.
3: Exactly. It's a, it's a peace of mind investment. Um, you, you really hope you never have to use your insurance that you paid for, but again, yeah. it is nice to know that if there is some sort of issue, you're not going to be on the hook personally or from a company-wide level.
2: One other thing I also want to make mention to you, Isaac, just on a personal level, I noticed that you are, you're now a candidate for your master's degree in medical cannabis science and therapeutics from the University of Maryland. Uh, congratulations on that. So how far okay. along are you?
3: Thank you. So currently in my second, you know, the way that you have it broken out is there's a few modules. So we're currently in our second module of our first semester. So uh, very early on, this program has only been around, I think this is the second year that the program's been in existence. Mm So um, it's definitely cool, you know, obviously for me working in a ancillary business role, learning more about the actual science and how cannabis, you know, works on people, Um, you know, outside of anecdotal evidence uh, is definitely going to make me more knowledgeable and able to relate to our clients. Um, And truthfully, I'm just genuinely interested in its potential therapeutics and medicinal uses, uh, because I do think that's a safer alternative to a lot of the more widely accepted pain relievers that are used currently. So, um, I think there's a lot of benefit from learning this information, and it's it's kind of nice to geek out about it a little
2: bit. Very cool, very cool. That you wanted to decided to go back to school, and uh, you wanted to definitely put yourself out there, and you know, I I'm sure we could talk a lot about the curriculum and what you're, you know, what, what you know, just the the kind of awe that you would have from what you're able to go and learn about the endocannabinoid system and just the, the just all different facets you have right there we could probably put another show about this but unfortunately we're out of time uh yeah. isaac real quickly before we go and wrap things up again uh mentioned the website a couple of times but let's go ahead and let listeners know you know if they're looking to go and look at alpha root for business what can they look for when they go to the website and how can they also follow you and your team on social media
3: yeah, so when you go on the website, um, there's a lot of good resources on there. We have our blogs. We have our industry-wide white paper that kind of outlines what the insurance industry look, looks like for 2020. Um, we'll be updating that for 2021, obviously. Um, we're going to be rolling out kind of a vertical industry-specific um White paper slash blog series uh the start of the new year uh so you can follow along on the website we put almost all of our on content on uh via linkedin so search alpharet at linkedin and then if you ever want to reach out um the general email is info at co. and then i'm always available as well you can email me isaac i-s-a-a-c at alpharet.co so uh feel free to reach out with any questions if you just have you know insurance really good guy wants to look over your program we do a lot of consultative uh free of charge kind of reviews so no strings attached happy to help the industry grow as much as possible
2: and just to make mention i noticed a couple of your clients they have been former previous guests on blunt business just to make the point so probably <laughs> part of good good uh good family out there so Alpha alpharoot.co isaac bach thank you for so much for being with us here on blunt business really glad to have you on
3: roscoe really appreciate the time and it was our pleasure
2: Hey, whatever we could try to do to make insurance a much more interesting, uh, subject to talk about, <laughs> but we yeah, did sir. that.
3: It, it, it is a bit dry. So whatever we can do. So.
2: Well, we've had to deal with accounting as well. And I've done that as well. It's just amazing. Uh, but it is fascinating. Uh, just some of this various aspects we should definitely learn about. So thank you again, for Isaac, for coming on and thank you listeners for listening to the program. We'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.
3: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes